chapter 6. Pastor Eric, thank you the last two Sundays for ministering and preaching. In fact, I think it was last Sunday where he looked at me and he says, you know, I've got the hard subjects. And, and I thought, I texted him, I think it was Wednesday, <laughs> the only easy word in the Sermon on the Mount is in Matthew chapter 5 where he says, blessed. And then he goes, the rest of it are those hard sayings. But when Jesus is Lord of your life, we talked about that several weeks ago, yes, these are hard sayings. Yes, sometimes it looks impossible, but he's Lord. Right? We serve him. In fact, I thought about this in my notes. These um, commandments are impossible to do in the flesh. Jesus has to be Lord of your life because you've surrendered that. The second one is you've got to have his Holy Spirit to keep pressing you on to do these things because in the natural it looks impossible. Three weeks ago we ended... And we won't look at it, but it's a Sermon on the Mount and in Luke's Gospel. And Jesus talked about good trees and good fruit, bad trees and bad fruit. Good fruit doesn't come out of bad trees, right? Good fruit comes out of good trees. But I want to read today Matthew chapter 6. And I want to read verse 19 all the way to verse, verse 24. Verse 19 through 24. Jesus says these words. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth or rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. How many of you heard this verse before? This is kind of familiar, right? But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is. Where's our treasure? Our treasure on earth? Where's our treasure in heaven? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. Luke, he talks about trees, good tree, bad tree. Now he's referencing eye, being able to see, light or dark. So then he says these words in verse 24, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and manna. You know, this is when we're introduced to this term, not manna, like we read in the Old Testament, right? The manna, mammon, that Jesus is going to mention four times only in the gospel. But he says you cannot serve God and mammon. So, Father, today... We receive of Jesus' words into our life. We know that when we read the Bible, that it's the word of God living into our hearts. We know that this is not impossible. And we know on the other side of it are blessings evermore. In fact, Jesus said there's treasures in heaven. So we bless and we honor you.
So hard saying. These are one of those hard sayings of Jesus. In fact, I remember my mom when I was a little kid, and my mom said when we would complain about the cough syrup taste. You remember some people that are a little bit older, that old cough syrup? Now today, they've got cherry-flavored, honey-lemon-flavored, you know, kiwi-flavored, you know, all these different ones. We were kids. I don't even, I don't think it was a flavor. But my mom got cod liver oil, especially when it was cold and they would leave the house. So I always had this picture of my grandma having this codfish, cutting out the liver and then squeezing the oil into this jar and then shoving the spoon in my mom and uncle's. And my mom said that cod liver oil in the morning to get on the bus to go to school would be absolutely worth it. You had somebody's breath. <laughs> one, thing, one thing to say, you know, Ah. Uh -huh. 
to serve with my life? Who am I going to serve? Parents, grandparents, those of us that have kids, some of you that have grandparents, you need to be that example like Joshua. That's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. Even grandparents, if you've got grandkids out doing whatever, serve the Lord. Let that be an example to them. Raise them up. Teach them to do things. In fact, I know I, I had to make a transition, and I hope they made it. When a Maverick was back in the whipping moved in North Carolina, and he was probably just a couple years old, when he maybe cleaned his room or did whatever, I, I would tell him, okay, Friday night, I'll take you to the dollar store and you get a toy. <laughs> that was like, you know, can you get the ice cream after? Yeah. So we go, right, you take him to the dollar store, you get a toy, and you know, he's in the car, and that thing breaks up the way home. I mean, right? <laughs> so when they're young enough, though, they don't know any better. When they get a little bit older, right, that they know. And so one of the things that we would do is he got exposed to toys are us. Do you remember? That's sad to say that, right? Do you remember toys are us? And you walked in there, and it was wall-to-wall toys, right, toys. And so, you know, we would go to Toys R Us. And so it got to be where, Dad, can we go to Toys R Us? Yeah, let's go to Toys R Us. We'll look around the wall, and he'd see something. Yeah, can I have that? No, you can't have it. No, no, yeah. <laughs> I really would like, no, you're not going to have it. Oh, you know, they start that whole bit in the aisle, right? Now, it wasn't like some kid screaming. Down. <laughs> so you come home with a toy, right? And you're like, what did you do? And I know he was upset. Well, he would do this. Dad, can we go to Toys R Us Friday night? No, we're not doing that again. <laughs> Why? Because every time you go in there, you want something, right? It's just not, it's not your birthday. It's not Christmas. It's not in the school. I promise that if I go to Toys R Us, I will not want a thing. I promise, I promise, Michelle would say, take him, take him, take him, we'd take him, we'd look around, we'd take him, 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 Parents and grandparents, we have to teach our kids as a, as a way to, because that whole thing that's overwhelming sometimes is that want, that have things. Deuteronomy chapter 818, I want to start with this because this is a promise of God. And this is a promise to all who receive it. He says this, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to you, your fathers, as it is this day. He gives you the power to get wealth. So even as we talk and we look at some of these verses, he's giving you the power, but it's to first establish his covenant. Establish his kingdom. So when the Lord requires or mentions that, that he empowers you to it, it will always require stewardship. 
You know, I read this saying, it says, money in my hand is a blessing, but money in my heart becomes a curse. Right? Money in my hand could be a blessing, money in my heart. Back in 1 John 3, verse 17, we read this, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? God has given us those resources to be a blessing. But Jesus now introduces us to this new term that is called mammon. Again, he's going to use this four, he's going to speak it out four times. Mammon, in fact, the word translated is treasure or riches, but mammon is described in the Bible as the idol of materialism. <coughs> which many trust as their foundation in this life. Mammon was also the name of a Syrian god and a Chaldean god. And it was a common phrase that was used in worship. In fact, we see it in the Babylonian Empire in Genesis chapter 11. Genesis 11 is where they decide to build the tower above the heavens. We also read it in Revelation chapter 18 of the Babylonian Empire, right? The Babylonian style. And so mammon is not just a what we would call money, it's the idol of materialism. A friend of ours, uh, who we've gotten to know the last couple of years, he works, he's a retired police officer, and he works security at a, at a high-end car dealership. And he said uh, about four or five months ago, um, all of these social media guys came in to the Mercedes dealer and they were going to buy um, the, the G-Wagon, which is kind of looks like a, you know, the Jeep, but it's the Mercedes G-Wagon. They were going to go buy it, so they all got their cameras out, they're doing all their moves, taking pictures, posting on social media, only to find out they were not approved to buy it. Because the car had gone up so much money, they couldn't afford it, but they posted all about it, right? Posted about those types of things. Well, how many of us see that? People post their cars, they post all of these types of things. Now, one of the things that the world continually pumps in front of us is this idol of materialism. Jesus didn't teach us that it's unwise or difficult to serve both. He didn't say that the spiritually immature serve both. He said it's impossible to serve both. And he uses those words, you cannot serve God Mammon. I look at it this way. Jesus refers to mammon as the lure to draw you away from God. You know, it's interesting how fishing lures have a haul. If any of you fish, some of these things look so real, right? They look, they're amazing, and how they wiggle in the water and do things, and it's to lure that fish. It's the exact same thing that materialism, that mammon, warned about early on here in Matthew that we have to watch. You know, Solomon, uh, Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 19. This is out of the New uh, Living Translation. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. This is Solomon. The guy dumps silver in the dump. But it got him into trouble. You know, the Lord gave him wisdom more than anybody else that ever lived outside of Jesus. He had wisdom. 
stone that unchecked got him in a lot of trouble, right? 700 wives, right? I was thinking like serving two men. Can you imagine just having guys over two wives? looking for 
for something, we're looking, we're looking, we're looking, we get on our mind, we, we can't rest, we search, we search, we search, we kind of get over into that bit of panic. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 through 10 says this. Now godliness with content, contentment is great pain. For we brought nothing into this world. Everybody say nothing. nothing. We brought nothing into this world. And it is certain that we carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For, notice what it says, it doesn't say for money is the root of all evil, it says what? For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and perceived themselves and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Interesting what he says, right? I brought nothing into this world. I take nothing out. We're going to see a verse in a minute that Jesus is the one that's going to reward. And so we come back to these last couple verses in Galatians chapter 2.20 that the Apostle Paul reminds us of this, that I have been crucified It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says, I have now identified that I, this flesh, has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ life that I live, Jesus knows that we live here in this flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God. I live to remember that He's my Lord. You know, I remember one of the uh, first times, uh, and I, I was so glad to do it, a friend of ours was, um, he was desperately in need of a car. He took a job in Victorville, and I ended up giving him my car. Now, I didn't run, it was broken, I thought, that's not giving, right? That's not a blessing to somebody. Doesn't run, doesn't have tires, needs brakes, needs a new engine, but hey, I'm blessing you that it ran. It was an older car, and uh, that guy drove it forever, and then he gave it away. And I'll never forget, he, he called me several years ago. Actually, I think it was when we had just started here, and we met for breakfast. It was early one morning, and he had his little baby, and he said, um, I remember you didn't give me a car. I have a car that I want. somebody, and you, know, you think of, man, what a blessing it is to be able to give, and that's what the prayer of our heart should be. We should be the Lord's funnel. We should be his funnel to show people what God does. Because that's how, that's how he does it. And I remember, in fact, the New Living Translation in Galatians 5.24 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified it there. I mean, so I need to read that verse every single day to remind 
myself, no, I'm in his kingdom. I'm doing things his way. When Jesus said you can't serve two, it's not a suggestion. Your boss tells you tomorrow, let's say your owner of your company calls you in tomorrow and says, hey, here's what I want you to do in the company. And if you say, you know, I'm not going to do that, what happens to you? You say it to the owner, you know what the owner's going to say? It's another door <laughs> as you go. Jesus is saying you can't do this. Follow the way that I do. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. Let me close with this verse. Jesus says these words, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. So here's what we read in the scripture. Jesus has rewards. There's no definition of what it is. We read in the Bible about a crown forgiven, but we also read in the Bible, when the Lamb of God comes down, they take off the crown and they throw down the crowns. We don't know what the rewards are, but what we do know is these rewards are eternal. Eternal rewards. And I don't want it to be where I just get into heaven because I've confessed Jesus as Lord and I've done what he said in his word that I don't receive what he wants to give me. Because whatever it is that I have, we read, moths are going to eat it. Michelle got a cedar thing to throw in the closet because we always find, right? You ever had a moth eat like your favorite sweater? Oh, man. Just sew it up and make it knock right here, right? Trapped into this manner. And you are faithful. 
need to get back into your